welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome everyone back to another exciting, eventful, incredible, snap-worthy, dusting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host as always, Mr. Matt Thanos, and with me, my good buddy on the other side of the planet, or shall we say in the cosmic universe, is uh, Mysterious Mike Groot. (laughs) I am Groot. (laughs) So, Mike, today we finally get around to talking about Endgame. Everyone and their mom has already reviewed this. So we're going to do things a little differently here. We are going to talk about the film for sure. There's going to be a shit ton of spoilers, but we're going to start out by doing a little Marvel Cinematic Universe retrospective. And I have some fun questions I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to answer them myself, myself, myself. Oh, yourselves? All four of me. Yes, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> but uh, so we're going to do that, and then we will get into the spoiler world talking about the end game. But uh, so, Mister Mysterious Mike Groot, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, I'm I'm doing wonderful, Matt. Um, I was just uh, reveling in this movie. I, I'm I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into all the fun things you have planned for us, I want to ask you: What are you drinking, Matt? <sighs> well, Mike. Thanks for asking. (laughs) In honor of my good buddy, and not spoilery alert yet, Mr. Tony Stark, I am drinking a nice glass of Cuddy Sark Scotch Whiskey. Oh, man. Nice, man. Fancy. Yes, it is not a single malt like Mr. Tony Stark prefers. It is just a blended whiskey. But it's all that this poor man can afford. Oh man, that's re- that's really nice. Um, I uh, am a terrible uh, Avengers in-game podcaster and don't have anything to do with the movie. I am drinking a Gold Cliff IPA. Nice, nice. Yeah. So crazy uh, that you're drinking another ipa yeah no it's pretty good um it's from uh, kona brewery uh which is originally from hawaii but i think um now it's brewed in a few places in the states so well all right mike do you want to start off with your questions that you're burning to ask or do you want me to start off with our marvel cinematic universe retrospective well well matt um you know, we're talking about the end game, so I figured I'd just ask you, what is it like to have the end game of Cinemia? It's fucking horrible. I am now screwed out of money. I am now losing half of the prepaid subscription that I paid for, thanks to Cinemia, and I did not get to use my last three movies for the month of April at all. 
So the last movie I saw with Cinemia was I don't remember. I think um, Best of Enemies. Oh, man, that's so disappointing, man. Uh, when I read that it, it was folding, I was really sad because uh, I knew that you had it, and I know a bunch of people had it, but it's always interesting how that right when a big movie comes out, like whether it was Movie Pass or, or Cinemia, they're like, uh, we're done. Yeah, it was pretty depressing, dude. They just shuddered, like literally like the day Avengers Endgame came out. Yeah, I saw that. I I was I I I was going to text you but I figured since I was on the East Coast, I would let you enjoy the extra 3 hours of bliss that you got before you you noticed. Yeah, it happens. All right, Mike. So I can keep going, but just put it this way, I'm just angry, not happy at all. Especially that I'm not going to get my money back. But I don't know. I filed with my bank to hopefully try and get some restitution out of it. But I doubt I will get anything. So, 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 man, I mean, I don't want to draw, draw out this podcast any more than we're already going to do. But I do want to mention that I do think that even though MoviePass and Cinemia look like they're completely done, I, I believe MoviePass is still around, but you can't really watch anything, anything good, um, any first-run movies or anything. Um, I do think it did lead the way to your, your A-list from uh, AMC and the Cinemark. Um, Cinemark has a version. I don't remember what it's called. Cinemark something and uh, these various different ones. So it actually might end up affecting the movie industry in a good way, where the Alamo Draft House is considering doing it and, uh, you know, some things. So, you know, it might help boost the movie industry in a different kind of way. And I think that's good, but it's kind of... I personally wish Harkins would do something, because if Harkins would do it, I would sign on, like, immediately, because... Even though I'm not a huge fan of our Harkin seats, I'm a bigger fan of their theater because they have the better screens, they have the better projectors, they have the better sound systems. Their seats are just so outdated and uncomfortable, which I learned yesterday. Yeah, uh, so do you do you think this was a... I mean, of course, you're not too happy about any of the Cinemia stuff, but do you think it's more of a a better position to, to move towards this subscription service to maybe save the theater industry. I was having this discussion with my buddy a little bit earlier today, Mr. Steve Stockmar, avid listener of the show, not so much about uh, subscription services, but saving the industry as a whole. And he was arguing that some people were not able to see Avengers Endgame this weekend in the theaters, and they wish they could have seen it through a pay-per-view type program. And I said, well, Steve, that's exactly what's already happening thanks to Netflix and Amazon and all these other systems like that, where people are not going to the theaters anymore. They just stay home and watch stuff on their televisions, which is great. I love it too. But the problem is, is the theaters are going to go away if people keep doing that. Now, Endgame, I think, is a special case for everyone. But I'm talking your average movie. Best of Enemies... Uh, just aren't one of our more recent ones. Hellboy stuff like that would be decimated if they weren't released in theaters. You know, yeah. they just probably wouldn't even exist. Yeah, 
Yeah. You, 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 yeah, I, I still feel there's a place for theaters. Uh, I enjoy... Um, I don't want to bring this up, Matt, but um, the movie-going experience, although seems to be more and more flawed these days, uh, used to be just so great because you were so immersed. Like, you know, when you're at home... Your phone can ring, and you could you could be making popcorn. You could be, you know, uh, your kids could be asking you to do stuff. You could be, you know, who, who you know, the distractions are just you know countless. But when you're in the movie theater, you're like dedicated. You're there. Well, at least that's the way it's supposed to be. Um. Yeah, uh, I mean. Matt, I don't know if I should bring it up, but um, how how was your move, moving going experience for uh, Avengers Endgame? The one on Thursday was incredible. I had a great time. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, that was actually at Picture Show, which I know I badmouth Picture Show a lot, but they were on top of it. They were on the ball. They had a staffer standing outside of the door for each individual showing of Endgame on Thursday opening night, checking tickets, saying, okay, here, thanks, your seat's over. And I said, oh, I know. I know exactly where my seat is. I come here enough. So that was nice. And then periodically before the movie started, um, I'm not sure if it was a manager or if it was still just another regular staff or what, but was walking up and down and around the theater making sure people weren't, you know, sneaking in or sitting where they weren't. They actually kicked a couple people out. And I went to one of the latest shows. I went to an 1130 show. They still had a couple more later than that. But it was a fantastic experience at Picture Show. Now, I saw it on Sunday afternoon, which I highly suggested not to do with my sister and my brother-in-law. But we went to Harkins because my brother-in-law prefers Harkins. And it was the exact opposite experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a a bit of an interesting experience. I I bought my ticket later, uh, but I did see uh it on Sunday as well, and I ended up uh in one of the front rows in the center, which is great. I mean, it was you know maybe a little bit too close for what I'd normally do, but that, it was fine. I still was able to see everything, and it was good. Um, it was assigned seats. Uh, this this particular theater does assigned seats, so that's kind of nice for these kind of big movies. Even though I'm not always a huge fan of assigned seats, I do think it helps regulate, you know, where people are, and it's easier to be like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here," because well, you know exactly what you're gonna get too going in. That's that's why picture show for me is the love hate relationship. The projectors suck. The screen suck. The surround sy- sound system sucks. It's not awful, but it could definitely use a nice upgrade. But they have fantastic seats, and the reserve seating really pays off at this. Sometimes the reserve seating annoys the living shit out of me. But a lot of times like this, I literally pulled up to the theater 10 minutes before the end game started and walked right in. I showed up to Harkins on Sunday. Granted, it was Sunday afternoon. 45 minutes early and I still got a third, a front row seat, not the very front row, but like third or fourth row. 
it was jam-packed. Granted, the experience as a theater was better, other than the kid sitting next to me that threw Slurpee all over me and had ADD or the five crying babies or the one kid that decided to get up and run around in front of the screen, you know, down at the bottom of the screen for about 15 minutes during it. Other than all that, it was a better experience. Um, I, you know, uh, I can feel for you. I, I was up in the front row and everything was great. And then the people that sat next to me had an infant child who was screaming sometimes in the movie. It wasn't too bad. I honestly say as, as far as a scale of one to 10, it was like a two, but it was just like, man, you had to bring your little infant kid to the movie. I know it's the biggest movie ever. Honestly, it is. But still, uh, dude. Still. My theory about this whole fucking thing, and I've said it before. I have said it before, and I'm going to say it again. If you cannot find a babysitter and you have a child that should not be in the movie theater watching said movie, then you don't get to go. It's called being an adult. Christ, people, come on, grow oh, up. Uh, in in that, I will give you a little uh, story about one of my coworkers. They have a younger child, and often what they do, uh, which is quite interesting to me, was uh, they'll go see movies, but they uh, they go see them by themselves. And so one will watch the kid and then the other one will watch the kid when the other one goes. Like, so they'll, they'll spend the day watching movies, but one of them's watching the kid and then the other one gets home and then they go, go and watch the movie. See, now something like that here in Prescott across from Harkins would work extremely well. You know why? You've seen it, Mike, cause you've been out here. I've taken you to our Harkins. You know, what's right across the way walking distance. From the Harkins Movie Theater? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff over there. Right. Um, it's I haven't taken you in there, but it's kind of a glorified arcade. It's literally designed for kids. There's mini golf. There's laser tag. There's arcade games. There's pizza. There's drinks. That would work out great in this situation because your buddy could go over there and hang out, get some lunch while your, his wife watches the movie, and then they just swap. Yeah, so they kind of do like a big child swap. Um, but see, they're responsible adults. They care about other people. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent because I'll start going down the rabbit hole of how our, fucked up our society is and how everybody is becoming super narcissistic thanks to technology. But I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, well. Anyways, the movie going, you know, it's really interesting, Mike. You and I sit here and say, we need more people to go to the theaters. We need more people to go to the movies. When you have something like this, I think it's a little different because this is a phenomenon. It's not just an incredible film. There's lots of incredible films out there. Lots. But they don't get this. This is a phenomenon. And so it brings everyone and anyone out of the woodwork to go watch a movie and they don't give a shit what they do to the people around them that are trying to enjoy it. That was one of the nice benefits of going on Thursday to the opening night show because those people didn't care. They were there to see that movie and they were going to respect because they wouldn't have liked it if I brought in my child, let alone they brought in theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mutual respect. 
but you don't get that on a Sunday afternoon show. No way. Anyways, I, I could keep going and going and going. But anyway, so your experience was bad like mine, my second viewing. Uh, did you only see it once this weekend, Mike? I only saw it once, um, but uh, I, I, I plan to see it again uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, I would like to see it one more time as well, just because the time I saw it yesterday, uh, Sunday. Yeah, I, I'll say yesterday. Screw it. Everybody knows we don't record on the day we actually do this. Um, Sunday. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. But I mean, being up that close and being, I, I'm going to wait a little bit and I'll probably go to like a late night show sometime during the week if I can. Um, I was really hoping I could use my Cinemia to do that. But oh, well, I'll suck it up and pay the $12 or whatever. And just, you know, I got credit cards, right? So, anyways. All right. Yeah. Well, let's roll into it, Mike. Um, let's do our little bit of uh, retrospective on the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it is called Endgame. This is not the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For those of you who think it is, it is not. This is the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know and love it. It's basically the end of this version of the Avengers. And I will yeah. get into some theories later on when we start actually spoiling the movie of what I think is coming next. I have a few theories. We'll see if they pan out. I had some theories going into this movie that were exactly what I called. But I'm a giant nerd. So, all right. So here's a little bit of our retrospective, Mike. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point is 22 movies. Oh, man, 22 movies in about, what was it, 10 years? 11 years. So this is 11, the 11th year yeah, yeah, of the Marvel yeah. Cinematic 2008, Universe. 2008. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not going away. It's changing. And Disney Plus is a big factor on that. And also, um, the... I know this sounds bad, but it's the truth. The end of a lot of the big actors' contracts is the other reason. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is up. Chris Evans' contract is up. A lot of the main guys' contracts are up, and they, they're they honest. They're like, I want to do something else other than superheroes for my career. It's been great for the past 10 years, but I want to do some other films, which I respect and I understand. Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans... And Chris Hemsworth have done other films, but this will give them the opportunity to, to do more. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mike, 22 films, 11 years. Here's my first question. What is your favorite three movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far? Ooh, man, dude, that's a really good question. Now, um, um, I'll do this. What out of the 21 do not count in game anything before now? Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, I'm going to do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do Iron Man because that just kicked the, it all off original. and that was uh -huh. awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. This third one, I don't know. Um, now are these in any particular order or these are just the three that come to mind? No, the, these are this is. This is three off the top of my head. Okay. Um, okay. Anyone listening, he did not tell me these questions in advance. <laughs> did that on purpose. <laughs> this is all on the fly. Um, think about it. Think about it. 
This is a great. Pod. I, 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 I think, I think, uh, the first Avengers movie, the original, uh, Avengers. the, the, nice. the Joss Sweden one was just really awesome as well. So I, 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 I think that one. All right. So you ready for mine? Yeah, do it. Okay. Captain America, civil war. Ooh, it's pr- not civil war. Sorry. Winter soldier. Oh, I was like, I was, I was like, I thought you not really like Winter Soldier. Not Civil War, Winter Soldier. I would say Captain America. Yeah, I me- I messed that up. Sorry, Captain America, Winter Soldier is probably my favorite movie in the Marvel Cinematic Cinematic Universe to this point because it's just so, it's just amazing. It really is. It's all around amazing. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. I love both the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I would do one and two as my next two. But you got to give it a little, you know, change up. But uh, Guardians is, I mean, I own both Guardians on Blu-ray and I own both their soundtracks. I just, I absolutely love Guardians. I mean, one of the most depressing days was when they fired James Gunn. I was just so mad at that because he's, he's fantastic. He really gets the um, cosmic Marvel universe. He really does. And you can tell if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff where he's talking about it. He is extremely passionate like I am for Star Wars. He's that passionate about the cosmic end of the Marvel Universe. It's incredible. But anyways, my third one, this is a toss-up. I really, really love the original Iron Man. And I really love the original Avengers. I think I would probably go with the original Avengers just because it was so groundbreaking and no one at that point if you're a comic book book mer- nerd ever would have thought that movie would have ever happened ever yeah and now we're four avengers films in it's incredible dude it really is the avengers original movie did what iron man did to create the marvel cinematic universe it showed that you can have a team with a star-studded cast and still put out a quality movie that isn't too busy and that Everyone gets enough screen time and doesn't whine about it. it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was more about the movie and the story than the character. Like each any one character, it was more about the story, and that was awesome. All right, you ready for my next one? Yeah, do it. All right, this one's going to be really hard. Who's your favorite character out of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe? Now I will cut that down. I will eliminate villains. Let's go simply just with heroes, not sidekicks or anything like that. Just out of what I would consider a hero or what most people consider a hero, who is your favorite? So that's like Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, um, all the Guardians. Ah, man. Ah, man. It's so hard. Um... All right. I'll go first since I'll give you a minute to think. Now, me... I have a hardcore toss-up. I really love Iron Man, and I really love Captain America. I collect both their books. I have for a while. Not for a long time, but I have probably over at least 50 comics, modern-day comics of both of them, at least. But when it comes down to it, I really have to say I probably like Captain America better. Okay. All right. All right, Mike. Did you figure it out? Uh, um, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm going with Peter Quill. 
Star Lord. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves Star Lord. Mr. Lord. Mr. Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, this will lead into the next question. And uh, we'll see how you go on this one. This one's even harder. Who do you identify with the most? Oh, man. Now, me, I would go with Star Lord because he's goofy. He's forgotten. Nobody takes him seriously. Uh, they don't really consider him a hero. He's a reject. I I mostly probably identify with Star Lord. Definitely. Man. Um, uh, I guess if I wanted to identify with somebody, it would either be um, Mr. Scott Lang. Uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Nice. Okay. Or, Why do you or, think or, you're Ant-Man? I, I don't know. He's just, uh, well, he's big into technology. There's one. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of like, uh, easygoing guy. And, uh, you know, he's, I, I don't know. I feel like he's, I don't know. I feel like he's just a, a good normal or more normal person. I don't know. I feel like his personality is somewhat kind of like mine, I guess. He gets so, big and he gets small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a low There's, blow. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. So, I, I think that's, you know, that's that's who I would identify with. All right. So, this one is related to the last one, but it's completely different. But it's related to it, but it's different. If you rolled out of bed tomorrow, looked in the mirror, and you were a superhero, which one would you want to be? Would I want to be? Yes. Oh, man. If you could pick any of them in the entire universe, a sidekick, a villain, whoever, who would you want to be if it was real? Would you want to be Captain America? Would you want to be Thor? Would you want to be Star-Lord? Would you want to be Groot? Who would you just die to be? Oh, um, I think I'd either want to be, uh, Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man, or Captain America. I don't know. Those guys, they're they're just, they're larger in life, and they're both great in different ways. Since you did two, I'm going to do two. (laughs) My first one is for sure Iron Man, because... He is just, he has it all, man. He just does. He has the looks. He has the money. He has the intellect. Even if he's not Iron Man, he has a pretty damn good life. But the thing I love about him being a superhero is that he can't fly, but he made his ability to fly. He's like, he's like how Batman really should be. You know, he's just an all around just badass. And if he can't figure it a problem out, you know, he typically fails, which sucks. But for the most part, he figures out everything. Like he figured out how to fly in a suit that has no wings. And, you know, he, he figured yeah. out how to finally get the girl of his dreams and how to finally have a kid and how to finally do all this stuff. Yeah. He know? just, he, he just keeps working at it. He, he keeps working yeah, on the problem. He gets it all. He gets it all. My second one, I think, think i would probably go with oh shit i'm gonna go with thor 
Oh, all right, all right. Because it's got to be Guardian. someone that can fly. Like, I want to say, like, Captain America would be cool, or Winter Soldier. Like, Winter Soldier is, like, one of my favorite characters ever. I just love Winter Soldier. But it ha- honestly, it has to be someone that flies, because I really want to fly. I really want to fly bad. Okay, all right. And, I mean, come on, dude. Thor conjures lightning. He controls storms. How freaking awesome is that? And he has an axe and a hammer that flies through the air. Yeah, no, he does. Um, And you never have to worry about someone stealing him because they can't pick him up. No, no, it's 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 awesome. Um, Yeah, no, you're, you're right, man. All right. So the last ones I have are just uh, some uh, just best whatever. What else you got? You know, what were you going to say, Mike? I said, what else you got, man? I'm ready. I'm ready. I was going to say, who do you think has the best outfit? Who has the best power? And who has the best team? Those are the last three that I wrote down. Best outfit. Yeah, you know, I kind of... I, I didn't want to say uniform, because they're not all uniforms. They're outfits. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, I, I really like his cape. His, like, self-defense, like, auto cape. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. That is very awesome. Uh, I got to go back on an old faithful. It's... I, I feel like a broken record, but Iron Man, dude. He just... Those suits are just amazing. And he if he sees a problem, he makes a suit. Like Hulk. He makes the Hulk Buster armor. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's War Machine. I mean, there's a, he just he's always, uh, I guess, tinkering and like, okay. Yeah. Well, that suit wasn't quite good enough, so let's make this suit blah. And he just does it. Iron Man 3 is not one of my favorite movies of the thing. I really was not a huge fan of what they did with the Manchurian and all that stuff. It's an incredible movie as a whole, but there's just parts of it that I didn't like. But one of my favorite things is seeing all the different suits that he creates. And those are all from the comics. Most of them are from the comics and every single suit has typically at that point, one purpose to conquer one problem in one way, shape or another, like the Hulkbuster or, you know, uh, I think they even had the stealth stealth armor in there. The stealth armor is he couldn't figure out a way to become invisible. So he makes a suit that makes him invisible. You know, it's just it's incredible. I just love it. I love it so much. So, all right. Yeah, I, I, I really like the the suit that uh, Iron Man made for, for, for Spider-Man. Oh, in, yeah. The Iron uh, Spider. Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. The Iron Spider is pretty awesome. It's very awesome. I like how he's actually a spider because four arms come out of it, like Dr. Octavius. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought that that is, it's so visually cool. Like, it, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, um, so that's really cool. All right. So this next one, Iron Man doesn't qualify, but best power. You know, mm. you got Captain America with a super strength. You got Thor, his power of the thunder gods and all that stuff. You got um, uh, Black Widow's basically like, you know, a super spy. Same with Hawkeye. He's kind of the super spy, but he's more, you know, shooting stuff with arrows. You got Captain Marvel, who has like every single power under the damn sun. You got Black Panther and his power. Uh, Ant-Man 
it's not really a power, but I would con- kind of consider it as the pimp articles where you could shrink and or go giant. Which one do you think? Or, you know, Doctor Strange, he has all of his many powers. Ah, oh, you know, um, I think I'm going to go with a kind of a weird one on this one, Matt. You mm. ready for this? Who? I'm going to go with the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Oh, dude. Nice. You nailed it. That's one thing that's kind of sad about these movies, though. All the Avengers movies, you just really don't get to see how powerful Scarlet Witch really is. She is one of the most powerful uh, characters in the Marvel Universe by far. Now, one thing that's a little bit of a gray area is Scarlet Witch is technically a mutant. Oh, interesting. So, but yeah, Scarlet Witch is amazing. Just amazing. Incredible. Mine, even though she's a new character, is probably Captain Marvel just because, I mean, she literally took out, spoiler alert for Captain Marvel, took out a spaceship by flying through it. Yeah. That's insane. uh, Carol Danvers, man. Yeah. She's, I mean, her powers are like insane. Insane. I'd say probably either Carol Danvers. No, definitely Carol Danvers is my number one. My number two would probably be Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the Hulk, no, the I mean, Hulk. come on, it's the Hulk. You know? Yeah, I, I feel like, though, I feel like the, the Hulk is really cool, but at the same time, it's such a hard thing to have, like, to... Yeah. Because it's like, you kind of lose control, and you're just... You know, like, you're just... Dr. Jekyll, man, Mr. Hyde, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're angry, you just become this this uncontrollable thing. And it's like, you know, the the way that sometimes I have to deal with traffic or anything, like I, you know. You go through cars like they're underwear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that would be a hard one for me. Like, although it's really cool, I think it's it would be a hard one for me. Last one. Is uh, which one? Who's the best team? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like the Avengers end up kind of fighting a lot with each other. Um, like like internally, like not always agreeing. Um, I actually like the Guardians of the Galaxy team, even though they're a little bit more. Uh, hey, go do your own thing. And it just turns out I, I kind of like that uh, organization. I don't know. I like Guardians of the Galaxy as well. They're my favorite team. My second favorite is probably um, Team Captain America in Civil War. Okay. You know, all, right. all the heroes that were on Captain America's side. That was the other team I liked. Because I never really, in the Civil War thing, I always agreed more with uh, Captain America. I never agreed with Tony Stark. I think making everyone register and be controlled by any one government is just insane if you're a superhero. But anyways. Yeah. So, all right, Mike. Well, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get to it. If we have to, this is where I will cut it and I will do on Thursday, but let's get into our spoiler ridden review of Endgame. So here's your warning people. We aren't even going to fart around with trying not to spoil it. We're just going to spoil it because honestly, if you haven't seen it by now, you should just go see it and listen to this podcast. I'm sorry. 
just about everyone I know, even people that don't give two shits about comic books or Avengers have seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. It made three hundred and what fifty-four million in America, the highest ever by almost a hundred million. Uh they actually I think that was low. Those were the estimates. I think the actual numbers are closer to three hundred and eighty, three hundred and ninety. Yeah, they they destroyed ironically. And over a billion uh, Avengers worldwide. Infinity War. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh well over a billion worldwide, yep. Insane, dude. Insane. Insane, yep. So, all right. So, folks, spoilers. Here we go. Mike, kick it off. What the hell did you think of Endgame? <sighs> so, uh, I don't even think awesome describes it, but I'm going to say awesome. Um, it was... <sighs> to me, you just feel all the humanity of the Avengers... And it was so well done. Like, all the different characters. And, uh, Matt, we had talked before. uh, I had seen it, and you had said that, you know, there's a slow burn in it. And there absolutely is. And I love the way it was done. It was... I, I liked how everything came together. I mean, this is such a complex story. And for them to interweave, ah, I don't even know how many character stories, like 35 character stories. It was just amazing. And it, it was pulled off like uh, just about as perfectly as, as, as I could imagine. There are a few things. There's always going to be a few things. But for me, I was just blown away. It really, as you said, Matt, sets the standard for a new block for blockbusters there's there's this is the biggest blockbuster ever made it's crazy dude i can't even imagine what the budget was just for the cast for those of you who do not know just about everyone even a lot of the side characters in every single movie up to this point made an appearance in this movie we're talking 50 people easy yeah, it ah, oh, that just blew me away. Oh, that blew me away. So wow, it was so crazy. Who 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 didn't you expect to see, Matt? Well, not that I didn't expect to see. The one that I expected to see that we did not see was Anthony Hopkins as uh, Odin, and I really expected to see him in there. Oh. You're right. We didn't see Anthony Hopkins. I was like, man, they got like everyone else that was really big, and he was the one that didn't make it. And I don't know why. Don't know why at all. But um, the one yeah. that I really, really did not expect to see, and I know a little bit more about it than uh, the average person, is uh, Jane Foster. That is Thor's girlfriend, played by Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah, dude. I was actually, I was shocked. I was like, what? Now, she didn't say a word, but she was still in it. Well, she had real problems, Natalie Portman, with not the original Thor, but the second Thor. There was a lot of shit that went down behind the scenes. And she said she would never be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe again. Well, guess what? She wasn't. That scene was cut from Thor the Dark World. It's one of the ones that was left on the chopping block after they cut Thor the Dark World. 
Oh, are you kidding? That's crazy. They put the uh, they put Rocket in there. Oh, so they just oh wow. What's even crazier okay. is she went to the re- premiere of this movie too. What? Yep, she did. Yep. Why did she go to the premiere? Well, she actually did a little bit of voiceover work. They called her in to do some voiceover work for one of the scenes where she's in like the background and you can hear her talking or something. They had her come in for that, but that was it. But she came out. Maybe it's them repairing that uh, damaged relationship a little bit. I don't know, because one of the things, it's a story arc in the comic books that's absolutely amazing. And I don't want to ruin it for those of you who want to read it. But in the comic book, Jane Foster becomes Thor. And it is incredible. Okay. All right. That would Um, be a fun movie to see in the future. So, so, so Matt, I mean, I, I talked about how I felt right after I saw it and, and I got some of your stuff, but how did you, did you just, I mean, I don't speechless, know. Speechless, dude. Speechless. I know. I texted you a little bit cause you know, you were getting up as I was getting out of the movie theater at three o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Speechless. You know, this movie is incredible. It seriously, it sets a standard for blockbusters from here on out i mean i don't know if we'll ever get anything like this ever again it would be nice and we definitely won't see the marvel cinematic universe like this again it's still going to be huge but it's not going to be like this and avengers endgame as a movie by itself is not an incredible movie if you sit there and you don't know anything else you went in and just sat down to watch this movie, you'd be lost. You wouldn't know what's going on or anything, but it's end game. It's everybody knows at this point, you need to have watched at least five or six of the other movies that directly tie to this to get a good feel on this movie. This movie is not for people that don't care about this universe. This movie is for people that love this universe. This is fan service all the way. I know there's lots of hate behind that, but I love it. Being a massive fan of this stuff, I love it. I got everything I wanted in this movie, just about. Now, now, Matt, I mean, I guess we're in the spoiler section. Oh, yeah, dude. When, when, oh, yeah. when, when, when Thor picked, uh, or when uh, Captain America picked up Thor's hammer, were you like, yes! Oh, yeah, because I have a theory on this, too. If you remember in Avengers, was it Civil War or was it Age of Ultron when... Thor puts the hammer down. They're all like sitting around drinking, having a good time, all the Avengers. And he puts the hammer down and everybody's taking turns trying to pull it up. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. When Captain America gets up and pulls on the hammer, it actually moves a little bit. And Thor's face like freaks out. Like he he does a little bit of a face. He's like, oh, my God, because it actually moved. I think Captain America could actually pick it up at that point. And wield it, but he didn't because he didn't want to uh, uh, kind of depress Thor in a way. So you that mean was a little steal bit of a tease. Thor's thunder, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it when you know it just shows you know Captain America, and I think that is something from the comic books for sure. Where Mohilner and I'm not sure about Stormbreaker, but definitely Mohilner because Thanos actually held Stormbreaker. Uh, in this movie, but Mohilner, you have to be worthy to be able to pick it up. If you're not worthy, it won't budge. 
It has nothing to do with how heavy it is. And it proves that Captain America was worthy to wield it. Well, um, when I was uh, rewatching uh, Infinity War right before I went and saw Endgame, because uh, Infinity War is streaming on Netflix, uh, one of the last uh, movies to stream on Netflix before the deal's over, I was like... There's a scene where Captain America, when they're the, he, you know, he's fighting with Thanos, and Thanos is like, "Why is this guy able to hold me?" Like, like he he looks confused. Like he's like, "This this guy shouldn't be able to do what he's doing." Now, still, Thanos like you know kicks his butt, but there's a second where Thanos is like, "What is going on? This guy shouldn't be able to like." hold me back at all like this is really weird but then you know of course he destroys him but it was just uh that was really interesting and i think that was kind of uh leading you into captain america is much stronger and and just than everybody realizes often oh yeah well he um how it's supposed to go i believe in the comic book world is Captain America is literally the strongest a human being can be without being um, magical or like a Hulk kind of ish. Like he's the strongest a normal human being can ever become kind of thing. So whatever the strongest person in the world is like normal person, that's kind of where Captain America's strength like starts. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he's not like no. the Hulk. Like the Hulk has limitless strength. Like basically the, not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but in the comic books, the angrier Hulk gets, the stronger he gets. Right, right. Okay. Captain America okay. has a limit though. But as you saw, the limit is extremely high. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, Matt. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna branch off for a second and throw in a different spoiler. Matt, what did you think of Fat Thor Lebowski? That shit was awesome. It was hilarious. He was by far my MVP of this movie. Now I say that, but you have to understand where I'm coming from. A lot of people have been ripping on Thor as it was just a gimmick. That here he is. He's fat. He's a beer drinker. He doesn't give a shit about life. He's just given up. He's a lot more complicated than that in this movie. I think he's one of the most, next to Tony Stark, complex characters in this movie. Because it's not the fact that he's given up. Yes, he's given up. It's the fact that Thor has always been a god. He has always been a king. He has always been royalty for 1,500 years. He has been nothing could touch him nothing and thanos comes and destroys everything of his everything yeah yeah destroyed everything so he is a lot more complex than just some fat dude that's given up on life this is truly not just a broken man a broken god i mean when have you ever seen thor show any kind of emotion other than anger i mean he Seriously, he's humorous, he cries, he loses it when he sees his mom. I mean, the character development of Thor in this movie, he's my MVP. 
next to Tony Stark. I uh, you have to you have to give it to Tony Stark in this movie as well. But Thor was incredible in this movie. Yeah, no, I I I uh, I, I was a little um, thrown off by uh, the introduction to Fat Thor, but. Uh, yeah, you're right, man. Uh, Nobody saw it coming. You know, I didn't see it coming. When, when, when you think about everything that he's had to do and everything that's gone on in his life, he really just got torn apart. Like he got, he became broken. You know, like he was. You know, he's he's Thor and he has his hammer and he fights and he's a great fighter and he's trained all his life and his dad has taught him and him and Loki have fought all these battles together and they've done all this stuff and then Loki defects and then his half-sister comes out of nowhere and tries to murder everybody and then, like, you know, his his parents get killed and then the stone gets stolen and, like, it's just crazy all the things that he's had to deal with and, and um, uh, uh what's the guy? Oh, I'm, I'm bad. Um, Alba's character? Oh, Heimdall. Heimdall. I mean, all these people. He's he's lost. He's he's lost everything. Yeah, he even lost literally his world. His world was destroyed. And then after his world is destroyed, Thanos comes around and kills half of his people, including his brother. After he already lost everything else. I mean, Thor seriously is just he's it just oh i just love it and chris hemsworth you really get to see his range with this movie you really do yeah no he uh it it was really good um oh and here's another one i forgot to say about fat thor at the end when he transforms back into thor he doesn't really transform all his hair is braided He's still got his belly. He's still got his gut and everything. And it's kind of like, you know, he's a god. If he wanted to think away his beer gut and his hair and everything, he probably could. And he'd be back to a super hot Chris Hemsworth Thor guy, right? Yeah. But he didn't. He's still fat Thor. So it, it subconsciously tells you that it doesn't matter if you're a fat kid or if you're in shape or whatever. Everybody can be a hero. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I thought about it like that. But I did want to give out a shout out to Fat Thor because he's drinking some craft beer in there from an Athens, Georgia brewery called Creature Comforts. And I don't know if they knew that was going to happen because now they probably can't even keep that beer in stock. But that's still awesome. Craft beer's mainstream. Was he drinking an IPA too? Uh, I don't know if it was an IPA. Uh, it was very, very quick um, which one it was. I got a text message about which one it was from some of my crafty friends. But, um, yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, a lot of the movie was filmed in Georgia, and I think the directors, the Russo brothers, uh, enjoyed this this beer. So that's part of the reason it's in the movie. Nice, man. Nice. That's very cool. One scene to go back to Captain America that I absolutely loved, and I can't believe they actually had it in the movie, is from a comic book. Is the scene when Captain America is standing there on the hillside or cliffside or whatever, 
and it's him versus all of Thanos's army. That was just epic. I love that scene. And then everybody comes out, out you know? Oh, yeah. But just see yeah, Captain no, America. No, no. Yeah, he was just going to... He's like... He doesn't you care. Know? If he has to take on the world by himself, he's going to. Because that's the kind of person Captain America is. No, that was that was that was uh, quite the scene. I mean that 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 scene might go down as the most epic battle scene ever put into a movie ever. All right, all right, here you go. Since uh, last night on Sunday, we just had the quote unquote biggest battle ever on Game of Thrones. Which battle was better, the Battle of Endgame or the Battle for Winterfell? Um, not that I want to bring into it Game of Thrones, but uh, I'm going to have to say in-game. The Game of Thrones battle, although really epic and awesome, was really, really heavily edited. And it was hard for me to keep up with what was going on sometimes. Yeah, I I could sit here and talk about Game of Thrones. I had a co-worker today say, did you watch it? Did you watch it? I'm like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I thought the Battle of the Bastards was way better. Because it was just so dark and you could hardly see what was going on. The fog, the snow. It was an epic battle, don't get me wrong. But between the two, all day long, Endgame, I think is the greatest battle ever, you know, shot on film. It was, or digitally made, I guess you would say. It was just amazing. I mean, that one scene, yeah, it was totally fan service too. I mean, this whole movie is fan service. But the one scene where all the ladies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or all the lady heroes are all lining up to, you know, help Captain Marvel get the glove, you know, into the portal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that gave me chills, dude. That gave me chills. It was so cool. Valkyrie, Pepper Potts, finally in an Iron Man suit. It was just, that was so I cool. think she briefly donned an Iron Man suit in Iron Man 3, didn't yes, she? Yes, but like, this just... was her own suit, finally. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she did rock one in Iron Man 3. Yep. At the end, just for a little bit, and I think actually Tony was the one that told it to go assemble on her, because it was protecting her. But anyways... So, 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 Matt, we could talk about how we love this all day long from 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 you know, you know, hours. But I am going to mention a couple things that I have some questions about. You might you might know the answer. Fire away. How did Tony Stark make another Infinity Gauntlet? Well, if you notice. It's not quite like the Infinity Gauntlet that Thanos had made during Infinity War, because if you see the damage that it does to them and everything. Um, but how I understand it, the one that they made is probably actually made out of metal and things like that. But when Tony Stark, spoilers, steals the stones off of Thanos's glove and all of a sudden it's magically put into uh, Tony Stark's hand and he's able to snap his fingers... That's not really a glove. Um, Tony Stark's suit, his most recent iteration of his suit, it might have, I think it started with Infinity War, is actually uh, nanobots and nanites and things that he wears on his chest that looks like it's the um, uh, arc reactor. 
Yeah, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's that's actually it's a triangle. where the nanite, yeah. That's how they explain it in the movie. Is that's where actually the nanobots and the nanites reside. So in this movie, you know, he took it off and he like sh- put it in someone's hand because that's where his suit is now. In the comic books, the nanobots uh, are actually in his blood, and so he hits something or does something, and they come out of his blood and form his suit. Okay, all right. So that's why at the end, the stones were able to form into the glove and he could snap it because uh, they're nanobots and they can morph and change and do all those things. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. But I'm just like the original, like when... Yeah, the they're... one that the Hulk put on? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, I think it was probably just his technology. But if you notice, it almost kills Hulk, man. No, it does. You know, I, I, just even no, him I, putting it on before he even snapped it. Now, Thanos can walk around with the stones in the glove without it doing anything to him. The instant he snaps it is when it starts hurting him. So that probably is what it is. Now, now my next question. Now, this is this is along the same lines. Okay. How does everyone handle the Affinity Stones? That was one I was wondering myself. The only thing I personally could come up with in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Infinity Stone they handle in there is the Power Stone. And so the Power Stone, if you aren't power enough to handle it, it kills you. The right. stones, if you notice, the stones that they actually handle are the stones that are not related to power at all. Rocket gets the Reality Stone, which is in the blood and it's if it was really bad it would have killed jane foster immediately it just poisoned her then dr strange handles the time stone if you notice the time stone never actually touches their hands but it's the time stone it's not dealing with power it's dealing with time and then the soul stone same thing it's not dealing with power or anything like that it's dealing with uh the soul realm and things like that yeah yeah, so, so I guess the Power Stone is in the suitcase, r- Well, right? no, the Power Stone is the purple one. Yeah. The blue one is the Tesseract, and the Tesseract is always a cube, which everybody could handle the Tesseract. And the Tesseract is the Space Stone, and the Space Stone is inside the Tesseract, so they can handle the Tesseract all day long and it doesn't bother them. I think if they actually touch the stone itself, that's when they're in trouble. Okay. All right. All right. So I just kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the movie. So you just kind of, I just made believe with that. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand where you're coming from because I was asking the same thing as I was sitting there watching them grab it by their hand. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. But that's the only, that's the theory that I came up with in my head. Well, what did you think about, um, the Hawkeye, uh, slash Ronan? uh storyline that was awesome dude that they have hawkeye as ronin in there that's awesome i would have liked that's one of my gripes with the movie i would have liked to have seen more because basically he just is a assassin he's a killing machine and the reason why he rocks ronin uh the ronin outfit and all that stuff is because he doesn't want anybody to know who he is yeah 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 i i mean he 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 handled uh the event in his way yeah, so I would have liked to have seen a little bit more than that, other than the one scene. But, you know, whatever, that's fine. They did what they did. I just would have liked to see more. And maybe we'll get more Ronin in the future. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Um, I got one for you, Mike. Okay, go. Do you think Gamora and 
Black Widow are gone forever? No, I, uh, Gamora's back. No, she's not. What do you mean she's not? She was in it. The Gamora from 2014 is back, but how did you know she even outlasted the snap by Tony Stark? Because when she came back, she was a minion of Thanos. So she could have been dusted with Thanos and everyone else. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, someone else was uh, prop- propositioning me on this, and I'm not sure. Um, and 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 there's a, there is a scene where... Um, uh, Peter Quill is typing in her name on the computer trying to look for her. At the end, right. Yeah. So do you want to know my theories on this? And it's going to lead into the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, yeah, go for it. What I think is going to happen is that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be Thor and the Guardians searching for Gamora and Black Widow. You mean as Guardians of the Galaxy? Well... There's a fun little story about that, too. But, um, yes, I think they're going to go searching for Gamora, and they're not going to find her, and they're going to figure out that the Soul Stone has its own realm slash universe inside of it, and that is where Black Widow and Gamora are. And And Guardians 3 is going to be them having to figure out how to rescue them from that, um, universe or realm or whatever. That's what I think Guardians 3 is going to be. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, that is that is definitely interesting. Two fun shout-outs, as you were saying, as Guardians of the Galaxy, that were in this movie that relate directly to the comics. And if you don't read the comics, you wouldn't know this. But one of them is the reference of As Guardians of the Galaxy. That is a current comic book right now that is fantastic, that I am actually reading as well. It is Guardians of the Galaxy, but with a twist. It is all people from Asgard, and one of them is not Thor. It's all the kind of side-ish characters of Asgard, and it is so much fun. It is so much fun. I recommend anyone that wants to know more or get into comics to read it. It is so much fun. The second direct reference to the comic books, modern day comic books was when Captain America is standing in the elevator, which is also a shout out to uh winter soldier when he's surrounded by everyone with the scepter and everything. Yeah. And he reaches over and he whispers hail Hydra in the ear of that one dude. Yeah. One of the biggest controversies in modern day comic books was when Captain America said hail Hydra in seriousness in one of the Captain America comic books because it was after Secret Wars because uh, Captain America came out as being an agent of Hydra since uh, he was a child. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's kind of a reference to that too. And that's an interesting comic book that got a lot of hate, but I uh, actually kind of liked it because I like the dark stuff, but I understand why it had so much hate because uh, originally Hydra is in relation to the Nazis because Camp- Captain America was created uh, on or around World War II and he directly fought the Nazis. They didn't even call him in Hydra in the comic book back then. They called him Nazis and then they morphed into Hydra. Oh, okay. Um all right, um, let me think here. Let me see what else I got here uh, going on. I'm uh, just looking at a couple things I wrote down. All right, Matt. Uh-huh. So 
kind of the beginning of the way the the movie started is with Iron Man. And kind of the end of this current iteration is with Iron Man. Oh, you mean the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So what did you think of when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man, and then does the, the snap? Oh, dude, I loved it, man. I loved that whole... There's a lot of that. There's lots of uh, shout-outs to John Favreau in the original Iron Man, and I loved it. I, it's, I, again, it's 100% fan service, and the critics hate fan service. I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, the whole discussion between Tony Stark's daughter and Happy, played by John Favreau, about how she likes cheeseburgers is directly from Iron Man. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Him saying, I am Iron Man, is directly from the original. There's lots of that especially towards the end of the movie. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great bookend because it started out with Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, and Tony Stark. And it ended with them, you know? I mean, I don't think they ever envisioned what we have now, John Favreau or Robert Downey Jr. I really don't. I think they would have been like, oh, we'll do it. And oh, well, we'll get this Avengers movie. And now, 11 years later... They're the biggest thing on the planet. I don't think they ever saw that one coming. And uh, I guess one of the final things I have, Matt. Well, actually, there's two final things. How did you think they did the uh, de-aging stuff of uh, Stan Lee's appearance? When he's in the car and he, he's he's talking about like peace or whatever when it was like 1970s or whatever. Yeah, and that's a long-standing thing, which is real interesting because Captain America is military and all that stuff. But Marvel Comics, especially during the 60s and 70s, was always about uh, uh, peace and love, not uh, war. And so that's a direct reference to the Marvel Comics again. But, you know, the de-aging stuff, I don't know what... Marvel has, but their de-aging stuff is incredible. I mean, just look at all the other times they've de-aged people, you know? Yeah, they they also did uh, Hank Pym yeah. in this. Michael well. Douglas? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks incredible. In in all the Ant-Man movies, they de-aged him as well in those. Uh, think about this one, Captain Marvel. They de-aged the hell out of Samuel Jackson. If you take a picture of Samuel Jackson at the age he's supposed to be in... um captain marvel and you put them next to each other it's like the exact same year i think it was pulp fiction that came out that year or something and you put them next to each other it's uncanny how good they look yeah yeah whatever the marvel cinematic universe studios whatever has they're not sharing it with anybody yeah okay yeah no i agree uh the de-aging stuff was cool it just sometimes i i see it and i'm like oh so I thought I wanted to give a mention and then, you know, also talk about Stan Yeah, because a lot of people miss just... that cameo because of how young he looks. Yeah, because he just, he, uh, you know, it was quick. It was really quick. But uh, it was it was cool to see him, you know. And I I don't know if this is the final. Is this the yes. final cameo? Yes. Yeah? It's the final, as far as I know, live cameo. They might put him in others because I'm sure they have plenty of found footage and stuff that they could th- use them or even just do like, um, what was it? Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. They had a cameo by Stan Lee in there, but he was a painting on a wall. Oh, so yeah. they might do yeah. stuff like that from here on here on out. But as far as him doing it specifically for the film, this was the last one. I don't know if this is the last one he filmed because they shot 
Endgame and Infinity War at the same time. Yeah. About 2017. Yeah. But uh, it definitely, you know, is probably the last one we're ever going to see. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Matt, this is probably a super long answer. But uh, how do you think the MCU is going to continue without Tony Stark? Okay. So this will get into a little bit of my theorizing of what's coming down the pike. If you noticed in Endgame specifically, they really start introducing kids. You get to see Hawkeye right off the bat working with his daughter as she's shooting Mm -hmm. targets with arrows. Well, in the comic book, Hawkeye's daughter is part of the Young Avengers. Morgan Stark, which Tony and Pepper Potts had a daughter. Morgan Stark is a member of the Young Avengers. Mm. Ant-Man's daughter is a member of the Young Avengers. Oh, yeah. She's a teenager now. So I think we're going to see maybe a little bit of time play or something. Or maybe some of them will just be a little bit older than others. But I think we are in store for a Young Avengers film or a Young Avengers TV show on Disney Plus coming in the future. Uh, I think Tony Stark is gone for good. Um, maybe in five, maybe 10 years, they'll bring him back with a different actor and a different storyline and everything like that. But Tony Stark in that Marvel cinematic universe is gone. Um, I think a large majority of the deaths that we have had, they're permanently gone. Uh, I don't know about vision. I think vision is probably gone, but there is that vision slash Scarlet, Witch television show, which is coming, which sounds like it's going to be based around one of the best comic books ever written it won all kinds of awards by the name of vision and it's supposedly taking place in the 50s that looks extremely interesting but i'm not sure if that's going to take place before or after uh infinity war and Endgame. i definitely think they're going to bring scarlet uh not scarlet witch um black widow back um, I don't know if her TV, sh- uh, not her TV show. They, she has a independent solo movie coming up. I'm not sure if oh, her solo okay. movie I- is going to be before or after her death, but it, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, but yeah, no, I think Tony Stark is gone and, um, Steve Rogers, Captain America is gone. I'm excited that we get Captain America, um, Falcon. He's very cool. He's a very cool Captain America, but I was kind of shocked that we didn't get Bucky Barnes Captain America because Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes Captain America, is pretty amazing. But when you think about it, the Winter Soldier, even though he was under mind control, was kind of a terrorist. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it might rub people the wrong way, not in the real world, but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe world, of him running around with Captain America's shield. So I think them picking Sam as being the next Captain America is going to be great. Now, is he going to lead like the next iteration of the Avengers? Maybe, maybe not. I think we're, what might actually happen is we might see Dr. Strange become the leader of the new Avengers. Oh, that could be interesting because I don't think we've had enough Dr. Strange and he is insanely powerful as you can see. Oh yeah. No, um, I love the moment moment in the movie when he holds up the one. Yeah. Uh, to Tony. Oh, Signaling Tony that this is it. 
and what you're thinking is what you need to do. That was great. Oh, it was, yeah, no, it was, it was so good. This movie was so good. Um, so, uh, I, th- I think that's, that's it for me. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to us. You should really have seen it. Uh, don't, don't waste your hour and whatever listening to us. You should, you should have seen it. Yeah. This is know. more of an afterthought. This is more of, you want to geek out with a couple geeks about this movie. Yeah. Uh, so here, I got this one for you, Mike. What movies okay. do you think people should see before they go and watch Endgame? Definitely Infinity War. But what other uh, one? Yeah, probably Infinity War. Captain Marvel okay. is maybe in there. Um Guardians of the Galaxy, at least the first uh-huh. one. I think definitely Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Avengers, the first Avengers, because there's so many characters. There's so many characters. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp, definitely, because it ties a lot bigger yeah, into this movie than you would have thought. Yeah, Ant-Man and Wasp. That's an important one. Yeah, you know? I think those... Those would give you a good sense and make you appreciate this movie that much more. Now, there's little shout-outs to the other ones. Like, um, uh, you were talking about Spider-Man uh, in the um, Iron Spider suit. In Spider-Man Homecoming, he does insta-kill. Do you remember that? It yeah. wasn't with the Iron Spider outfit. It was just with his normal suit, but he did insta-kill. Well, there's a throwback to that in this, and you finally get to see Insta Kill, and he's just on a freaking pile of bodies, man. <laughs> yeah, that was no, cool. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that was really cool when he's trying to protect the uh, the the new version of the the Infinity Gauntlet glove. I just realized one that I was not happy about. People are very happy about it though but i am not one of them that's happy about this i personally was very disappointed that captain marvel didn't have more of a role in this film uh yeah her her role in this movie is very light uh she's in it a couple times her hair changes and yeah it's pretty i i don't know and when she's in it she's such a superpower being that it's like you almost don't need any of the other characters and i don't know if that's why or yeah she's an insane badass well how they explain it is that she's off helping all the other worlds and galaxies yeah but still i you know they built up captain marvel so much and there's clearly a fan base out there that just hated captain marvel and hates that she was in this movie and they probably loved that she was in it for a total of 15 minutes yeah, no, I think there's there is that that fan group, but I don't know. I feel like there's so much stuff. This is such a complex story that you can't have any character in it for too long. I mean, maybe the longest character in this is maybe Tony Stark. I don't know. Oh, definitely, I think so for sure. Tony Stark or Captain America. Uh, maybe the original six. They they all get a lot of screen time. The original six, but. You know, the other thing, too, though, about Captain Marvel is that Captain Marvel is going to be a major, major factor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from here on out. So maybe they don't want to give us too much of her too soon. 
Yeah, that's probably what it is. They want to give us a taste, right? Yeah. A taste. Because and that's and one then, thing that is then, cool. Her short hair is actually uh how Captain Marvel wears her hair right now. In the comic book. Oh, world. okay. All right. Yeah. So she starts out, yeah, with the long yeah. hair and then she's had a couple different style hairstyles and things, but the short hair is one of her things. Uh the one I like is the uh, Mohawk. And we got the Mohawk in uh the original Captain Marvel. The, not the original Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel movie. We got the Mohawk, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, so, all right, Mike, uh, go for it. You got anything else you want to add? No, no. I think I, I think it's about time to wrap it up a little bit. I mean, we're at uh, just about an hour and 20 minutes. So, Dude, seriously, we could talk all day about this, but I think the retrospective was fun, and I think... Uh, what we might have in store in the future is going to be the talk you guys probably want to pay attention to. It's fun to geek out over this, but we're also here to kind of try and help guide you guys into the next world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because it is definitely not going to be the same anymore. It's going to be different. I think the TV shows are going to be a major factor. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's... Yeah, we're we're into the... Um, next phase of of the MCU and and who knows what it in, entails really. So we're we're uh, we're about to journey through this together. Oh, and uh, Loki's back. Is he? Oh yeah, I guarantee fucking tee it. All Do right, you remember right. um, the scene when the Hulk smashes through the stairs and knocks Tony on his butt, and they don't get the Tesseract, and Loki picks it up and disappears. Yes. I think that's where the the show's going to pick up. Is that there's uh, this new alternate timeline or something and Loki now is alive. He's not dead anymore. Cuz he's dead. Okay. In my opinion, yeah. he's dead before the start of this movie. And not dead from the snap, like dead dead. He's gone forever. But because they screwed up the time thing with the Tesseract, he got the Tesseract and he's back now. And that's where the TV show's going to pick up. Just a theory, just a theory. I have no idea, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. All right, Mike. How many reels do you give Avengers Endgame, the greatest movie on Earth? <sighs> I mean, I guess if there were six reels, I'd give it six, uh, but there's <laughs> not. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it five. I'm going to give it five out of five. Mike, you know, I, I'm disappointed. I thought for sure you would have said at least 11. <laughs> No, no, uh, 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 3,000. 3,000. Love it. Love it. I give it 3,001. Yeah. If you can't tell, both of us freaking absolutely love this movie. I give it five out of five reels, too. Granted, it, it is not a movie, an incredible standalone movie, but as the end cap to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the movies that we've watched up to it. I mean, I've seen every single one of them. Sure. I haven't watched every single one of them two or three times over. Some of them I have, but this movie, it satisfied everything left a lot, left a handful of questions, but I was very satisfied with it. I wasn't happy to see my girl die, but I know she's alive in real life. And maybe now she'll have time for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your next future ex-wife. Yep. My first future ex-wife. And then, you know, I I wasn't happy about Captain America, you know, going, but I was happy about it. I was happy that he got that life. And that was 100% fan service. Him, you know, going back and growing old with uh, Peggy Carter, 
Miss uh, Haley Atwell, she's also very attractive. I, I like that they did that fan service. A lot of people are hating on that. I thought it was great. I don't like that we're not going to see Captain America anymore. I don't like that we're not going to see Iron Man anymore. But I'm interested to see what these new films and TV shows are going to do. I hope they don't uh, screw the pooch. But if they do, it's fine. Because Endgame was amazing and it's a good end to all of this. Yes. No, it was It was better than I thought it could be. And that's just amazing. So... Yeah, uh, I was super satisfied. But, I mean, the Russo brothers just knocked it out of the park. And it's also sad that this is their last movie for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least they've said. Oh, man, I can't even imagine how much energy it took to make these two movies. Well, they also made uh, Winter Soldier, and did they make one other? They did at least three, right? Who did Age of Ultron? Was that Joss, we- Joss Whedon? Hmm... No, because I... Ah, th- uh, well, maybe. I think they might have done Age of Ultron. I'm not sure. Age of Ultron, though, is like the Avengers movie that I'm not a real big fan of. and Which sucks, because I like Ultron. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... Let me let me look real quick. Um, to the yeah. internets. Yeah, yeah, just a second. Um, let's see, what did they do? So... To the IMDb's internets. So they did uh, Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, and Winter Soldier. Okay, so they did Civil War and Winter Soldier. I liked Civil War. Civil War was good. I thought it was okay. Who did Age of Ultron? Um, that might be Joss Whedon. Hold on. You know, I bet you it was, because Joss Whedon did uh, the first Avengers, which was definitely better than Age of Ultron. Um, yes, yes, he did do Age of Ultron. But, I mean, I remember him saying that the first one nearly killed him. So, um, it's a lot, man. I can't even... Can you imagine trying to get all this stuff together with all the different moving pieces and people and and studios and special effects houses and... Ah. Dude, I can't can't fathom it. Like, I... That's one of the reasons why I love movies so much is because... You really don't see all the behind-the-scenes stuff that really goes into them. The average viewer does not. And there, it literally takes an army to do some of these movies, especially something like Endgame and Infinity War. Is it just incredible? It's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, so, you know, hats off to the Russo brothers. They just killed it. Kind of makes me wish I could be a part of it, and it kind of doesn't because it seems like it would just be extremely stressful. Even even the low guys, you know, even just the digital artists and stuff, I can't even imagine the amount of stress they have to deal with. Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. I think it's just so much stress. But um, on that note, Matt, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to drag it out too much longer. Um, I think I think we should end it and call it a day. Uh, yeah. All right. So what do you think, Mike? Should we do this as one pod or two separate pods? Oh, I think we should just do this as one. We'll just do one big one. This is all you guys are going to get for the week. We did warn you, though. We did warn you this was probably going to happen. But I think it was fun, man. It was real fun. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed this movie. How many times do you think you're going to see it? You're going to see it one more, two more, five more? At least one more time. And I think everybody uh, in America should see it if they haven't already. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. It's that good. It really is. This is, I don't know if we'll ever see another movie like this anytime soon. I think we probably will in our lifetimes, but I mean, this even makes the original Star Wars look like it was nothing. I mean, it's crazy how big this movie really is. It, no, it, it's this insane. movie is just insane. Yeah, it is. Love it. I love it. You know, I'm going to go see it at least one, maybe two more times, but I'm probably going to wait until there's, because I really want to go and just experience it and just bask in it. You know, I just, I want to go when there's not a shit ton of people around me. I can sit where I want. I can just be by myself and absorb it. This is one of those ones where I really do kind of want to go by myself. Okay. Well, um, you know, (laughs) uh, give it like a month. Yeah. Oh, probably not even that long. Probably a couple weeks. I don't know, man. It's going to be busy. We'll see. We'll see. All right, man. Uh, well, I guess with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this extremely long, super special edition of uh, the pod. And uh, uh, we will catch you on our next pod. And I'm not sure what that's going to be, but we'll figure out something. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.